This is the what week is this? We are looking at the, the eternal purposes of God. So the fourth year. Let's go again to our, one of our main scriptures. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 from the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. We have it there on the the overhead. It says, He has made. Talking about God, everything beautiful and appropriate in his time. He has also planted eternity, I like the way he says, their sense of divine purpose. And we're talking about the eternal purposes of God, and if it's God, it's divine. <laughs> A sense of divine purpose in the human heart. A mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. That you need to settle it once and for all. Nothing of this realm, natural realm, can satisfy you except God. God comes first and every other, every, everything, everything else follows. What God has done is overall plan from the beginning, and yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. But how many know that God has authorized us to learn and to know? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, that we may see why we can claim or what, who gives us authority to be able to understand his plans. It's his word. He's given us his word. 1 uh, Corinthians 2 9 says, but as it is written... I has not seen nor heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us. Them what? The things which he has prepared for those who love him, for us who love him. He has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. That is very important church that he has revealed them to us by his spirit. In other words, we can't know, we can't have revelation of the purposes of God without the Holy Spirit. So then he has to cease to be what we sing in church or what we say about, but it has to be, it has to be uh, we have a personal, intimate relationship with him if we are going to do anything for the kingdom of God. Nothing, nothing, no one, no experience can replace the, whole, the, 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 the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's very, very important. <laughs> I was praying for something. I was praying yesterday morning, just just in the presence of God, just praying in the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to, to get his mind concerning a matter. And he told me something. I thought, Lord, I've never thought of it that way at all. And then he started revealing to me. I took quite some time just in his presence revealing to me. And when I was done, I was so satisfied inside of me. I knew 
That's all what I needed, Lord, to hear from you. It's amazing that if we pursue God, we pursue his heart, his word becomes new. Every day we are refreshed in his presence. A bold Christian is actually, is because they have set their minds on wrong things. Don't ever forget that. They have set their minds on natural things. But anytime we set our minds on spiritual things, fire is lit inside of us. That fire is always there. That's when 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, uh, Apostle Paul says that start up the gift that is in you. In fact, another version says that rekindle that gift. It's already inside of us. And, 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 and many times um, people, Christian people actually, uh, start looking for outside things to fulfill. Remember what he says, nothing can satisfy but what? Uh, but God. Remember the Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, the Amplified Version. So they start looking for satisfaction from outside. Uh, they start looking for an experience. Now God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's all we need. To, to have all the experiences in him and the fulfillment in him than we can imagine. I mean, he, he's taken us into a journey if we just uh, follow him. Then he says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, because he knows the things of God, then I can know, and he lives in me. That means it qualifies you and I to know the things of God. Let me show you something from that scripture that years ago, I mean, huh? the Lord gave it to me while I was praying in tongues in the, in the 90s. And I'm telling you, it was like almost every meeting I am, I'm ready to preach on that and to teach on that. Uh, look at this something there. See if we, anyway, it's going to stir you up. It depends on you, but you'll be stirred up anyway. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? What does that mean? Your spirit knows your things. That should never be a struggle. Your spirit knows your things. I really don't struggle with that. And if I'm struggling, it's like I'm not being true to myself. You know, if I'm one to identify, I'm want to buy something and someone goes, oh, you, you need to get this one. I said, no, 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 no. The more mature in the Lord and with age, in age, I realize how I'm free. No, 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 I don't have to buy that to please you. I don't like it. It's good for someone else, but it's not for me. I know what I want. Yeah, but you know, <clears throat> I think I've said, I've said that, I've, I've told uh, Especially clothes shops, you know, they, the way they want you to buy something that you didn't intend to, to buy. And I said, let me tell you something. Now, nowadays, like this year, I've been in this body for 49 years. I know what fits it and what does not fit it. Ah, 49 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so easy. So easy. And so your spirit knows your things. If you're true, to yourself in listening to the Holy Spirit, you will react. And I'm telling you, this comes much more in praying in the Holy Ghost and listening to the Lord and walking by the Spirit. You'll go to a place and you just know this is mine. 
Listen to what I've just said. This is mine, whether you have money in your pocket or not. That matters not. Whatever the price tag is there, you just know it's mine. And you know what I say? I receive it. Well, do you know what many others say? I'm going to buy it. For me, I receive. How it's going to come, I don't know. If it comes through monetary money in my pocket, money coming in my pocket, that's fine. If we just, I wake up in the morning, I find it by my bedside, that's fine. But when I wake up, the one I find at the bedside is my bedside is Tina. So, so I don't know. So if it will come between us, <laughs> by the side. <laughs> So, so you see that your spirit knows your things. Is that, is that clear there? One knows the, the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him. But then he has a guy kept saying, my spirit knows my things. And one time the Holy Spirit just said inside of me, you don't have to be saying your spirit knows your things. You should know I know my things. Because you are a spirit being. You have a soul and live in a body. So you know your things. You need to say that over and over again. And you're going for something. And you say, I just know my things. When I get into a place that I'm, I'm going to purchase something, I know my thing. I just know it. I know my things. And none of my things shall be stolen by the devil. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now look at this. You know your things. The spirit of God is in your spirit or is in you, spirit man. So he knows everything about God and your spirit knows everything about you and two are in one place. No wonder the end of this this chapter says, for you have the mind of Christ. That means many times... We are living way below our privileges in Christ. Or there will never be poverty. There will never be lack in any believer, in every believer all over the world. You start praying different when you realize that. Okay. Your head will catch up, but your spirit is already farther. Go next there. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, thank God, but the spirit who is from God, and this is the very reason that we have received the spirit who is from God. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit. The reason we have received the Spirit from God is that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How? No charge. God has given us free things. (laughs) Do you like free things? Lock your life in Christ. No other place. There's no free education in Kenya. Oh, they say that it's just a song. He's free medical in, in public. Who told you that? 
and I'm not going to a political rally. Let, 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 let's go over here then. I'll show you some. So do you see that? Do you see that? Now then, <clears throat> we got back here to my notes. The flow is something that. Uh, look at this then. I, I want to believe God. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I ask you to grant me utterance. Help me to hear. Help me to perceive. Help me to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' name. I really want you to, to, to see this, but it will take you just hearing and going back and just praying in tongues and listening, and then you may expand in your hearing. Jesus, we all agree, Jesus, a man was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. We know that. Of course, he was God, but he came as a man. He's our perfect example, because if, if one say that, you know, him, he was Jesus, yes, I understand that. But listen to this. Before he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, he could perform no miracle. Not one. But when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, now we see his ministry. We see the changes that took place. We see him fulfilling the will of God, okay? So then, he's a perfect example, and he told his disciples who we still are. He's told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you do not depart from Jerusalem, but you, you wait, you'll be endured from on high by Power, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall receive what? Power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I mixed it up. But you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be with my witnesses. Now, uh, how many of us pray in tongues? All of us? So we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. But it's more than tongues, you know that. Now, now, now I want you to see something here. He's our perfect example. And the thing is this. You remember that line I drew for you here? Those who have been coming. All right. It's eternity. So as no beginning and as no end. So assume this is a straight line. All right. Like Pastor JB says, this is not a, an art class. So it doesn't have to be a straight line, okay? All right. But it's a straight line. <laughs> let's, let's. So then. Uh, then let's, let's agree then. This straight line has no beginning, no end. So this is what? Eternity, okay? So think about this. <clears throat> Again, I said this. You need to think of time as, let's say time here. And this side under here, we call it like the natural realm, okay? This is the natural realm. This is the supernatural Eternity. Okay, there's no beginning and no end. But time has beginning and time has end. All right, we agree with that. So look at this then. If you talk about this and you think of it, then I'll be so right to say this. Time is just a moment of eternity. All right? It's just a small portion of eternity. Is that so? Probably is even... It cannot be, you cannot even say like a drop in the ocean. Because, you know, an ocean has an end. 
But time has, I mean, uh, eternity has no beginning or end, okay? So think about this, being just a portion of eternity. And then I'll be right to say this then, then time is a child of eternity. Now think about what I just, I just have said. So let's agree with this then. And I'm going to show you from the scripture. This realm, eternity in Christ, is the realm of glory. The glory of God. Alright, now think about this then. So this is the realm which is super packed. Full of everything. Because it's the realm of God. And listen this. There's nothing missing where God is concerned. It's the fullness of everything. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So look at this. Mm. You know the scripture says this. A thousand years is like one day. And one day to the Lord is like a thousand years. Sure. Just think about how packed eternity is. So that when it, it comes a little bit, even a glimpse of it into the natural realm, the natural realm is impacted completely by eternity. All right. So think about this then, having said all that. Jesus, we talked uh, over uh, some, some weeks ago. Jesus, we found that in, uh, in uh, Isaiah chapter 50, let me go here, it's in Isaiah. Why this now? In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, if you put it there, you'll see something about it. In Isaiah 57, verse 15 says this, For thus says the high and loved one who inhabits eternity. God inhabits eternity. Are you seeing that? So God inhabits eternity. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit and on and on and on. So God inhabits eternity. All right? So think about this. Is Jesus God? Yes, he is. So he came from eternity and he stepped into the dispensation of called time. If I may use that word. And he stepped into time. For us, as we know it in the natural realm, for that three years. He stepped into time and left from time to go back to eternity. He came from eternity, stepped into time, made an impact of all ages, and he went back into eternity, and that's where he sits right now. And that's not all. He sent the eternal one to dwell in you. So let's see the story here. So he is Jesus who inhabit, as we say, uh, you see, in Isaiah 57, 15, comes back into eternity, uh, into time, all right? He's crucified, raised from the dead, and uh, he goes back into eternity. <laughs> Can you think about this? If eternity is that, there's no beginning or end. Therefore, it doesn't, uh, Professor Judy, are you in that one? Oh, do, do you do those subjects? So the matter and space does not matter in eternity. Matter and space does not matter. 
Who is this that did physical science and you have a distinction? I'm the only one. <laughs> Taught from the Bible. <laughs> All right? So we see that. He came from eternity, came into time, and could fulfill the will of God in, in the realm of time and went back to eternity. Now, let's go to the scriptures. That's important what I've shared there, so that you don't say, you know, Pastor Davis nowadays has become an artist and during the services he's just drawing. Let's go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. <clears throat> Do you remember the objective for this? Is to stir you up and let you know in your spirit there is more. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me read it the way I wrote it. The objective of this teaching as I began it. <clears throat> is the purpose for this teaching is that you may want more of what God has made available for you. That you may, may want more of what God has, uh, uh, has, has made available for you and that you may not be satisfied with anything ordinary. You want him. All right. Are we in John chapter 7, yes. verse 28? Did I say 28? 38. Oh, okay, let's start from verse... I say 28 or Okay, let's start from verse 25 uh, for context purpose. So, so now some of them from Jerusalem said, is this not he whom they seek to, to kill? And then, but look, he speaks boldly and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? And then he says this, uh, however, we know where, where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he's from. Now, that's their problem right there. What are they talking about? They are saying, in essence, that we know this guy's village. You remember that? We know this guy's village. And where Christ, when Christ, the Christ comes, no one knows where he's from. This, this amazes me, church. They knew when Christ came or comes, no one will know where he's from. He's right in the midst of them, but they couldn't tell where he was from. Let me give you another, another that amazes me. Is this. Herod, wise men appeared. Herod is, 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 is uh, told about there's a, a, a king who's born here. And uh, he tells the wise men, okay, uh, I don't know and all that. But he calls the scribes and they check out from the prophecies where Christ would be born and they are told in Bethlehem you see they saw from the scriptures the holy scriptures where he would be born now look at this that could have been the moment say now we need to know the Christ because from the scriptures it's written that you'll be born in such and such a time. I mean, you'll be born in such and such a place. And now wise men have come. They have known that he's born. And we are here. We are going to look at the scriptures. We see what is written. But we do nothing in response to his coming. Those are people 
who are, ne- who are not doers of the word. They hear the word. And they believe the word is true, what is written. But they do nothing about it. Let us never be that way. You see what I'm saying? Never accept to be that way. Hear it and do it, whatever it takes. Now, look at this. So, so he says, we know no one knows when it, where you come from. And then he goes on to say this. Then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from, and I have not come of myself. But he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. What is he talking about? He's talking of eternal things. He says, he's talking in two realms there. Look at this. Uh, He says, you both know me and you know where I am from. You know my village. In other words, you know me in the physical realm, all that you're seeing happening. But listen to this, that is not all about me. I am not earthly. That is not all about me. He says this, I have not come of myself. But he's saying actually I have been sent. If you are sent, you are sent from somewhere. And he says, whom you do not know. No, in other words, you don't know the one who sent me. But actually, you know me after the flesh. But that's your problem right there. What does he say next? But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. So let's go on thing. Jesus knew where he came from. That's very important right there because you are going to see why you should know where you came from. I'm not talking about Kogelo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you understand that? I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you should know where you came from. Now, second scripture here is... Uh, John 8, let's read from verse 13. There is so interesting also. Jesus defends his self-witness. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. Look at what he's saying. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. Now, when you start talking that way, people say it's very arrogant. (laughs) I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. And what follows next, he says this. Uh, No, that's not the... is Is that... Yeah, you know where I've come from I say, for I know where I've came, I came from where, and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh and, and I judge no one. And he says this, you judge according to the flesh and I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Oh, 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 oh. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. 
I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. So listen this. He not only knew where he came from, he was conscious of the presence of his Father. When he was walking on earth, he knew his supernatural strength or for him to fulfill the will of the Father, he had to depend on the eternal one. Is that clear? You've seen that from the scriptures. He not only knew where he came from, but he also was conscious of the fact of the presence of his father who sent him. He was conscious of this eternal realm where he came from. He had to be conscious of this so that he may... Let me, let me say it in this manner. He carried the presence of where he came from. And that, where did he come from? He came from eternity. And listen to this, that is what made the difference. Because when he came out around, have you ever been, have you ever, have, <laughs> have you ever been, uh, let's see how, uh, did you grow up in the village or you all grew up in Lovington? All of you? Are you all telling the truth or you need to get saved again? <laughs> I grew up in the village. And when you came from the kitchen, if you went to the shopping room, you, I mean, if you went to the shopping uh, center, the guys can tell where you came from. The smoke, you carry that atmosphere. <laughs> let me give you another, let me get, ask you another. Did you have a kerosene if you lived in Nairobi? Did you ever stay in a single room and use kerosene lamp? Green in color. Uh, you know that one. And then you are, we meet maybe in town, you are bouncing, but you are smelling that kerosene. Your, your clothes, <laughs> yeah, your clothes carry that, that cologne all through. Anyone? I, I ever did. I did. I used that one even to iron. I was taught by, by certain brothers, some of my brothers, uh, that you put the iron, you know, the one of charcoal, you put it on top, and you iron. Use a, f- a flame, a blue flame. Don't use a yellow one. Or if it's this color of my trousers, it will become all black around there. So you have to be really well taught. So look at this. He didn't carry kerosene or firewood kind of atmosphere. He carried the atmosphere of his home. Are very important right there. Now, let me show you something here. Uh, let's go to John 6, 38. Go back to John 6, 38. <clears throat> you know, to meet someone that they've come from that kerosene. You know, the smell is there. And you know, I've been there, so I'm not laughing at anyone. You understand that? And then they are twanging. You know, we, we came from Levington. You know, you see what I mean. I said, no, that smoke is not from 
smoke is that from Lavita. I think Lavita, I think they are Calvin Klein and, <laughs> and all the perfume. That smoke is, is, is I, had it, I had it in Dandora for a long time. I think that's not from Lavita. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, now I'm laughing at myself, you know, but I never twanged around, you understand, to try to do it. In fact, this is, what, this is what the Lord told me. Don't appear to people what you're not. You're not at all. So you better be authentic. If you don't have, don't tell people you don't have. Just trust me and I'll cover you. And, and that, that's what it does. And, and, and you realize that people, people don't give to you because they feel, I mean, that's the time you're in need. They don't give to you because they know, they, they think you're in need, but they give to you because the Lord has impressed their hearts too. Oh, that blessed me many times. It's because the Lord has told the person to give to you, not because you, you have presented yourself to having needs. You understand what I mean? I mean, I saw that. I've seen that over the years. Amen. I had a certain brother recently, last year actually. He told me, do you remember we met in Parklands? I think maybe 2006 or 2005, I'm not sure. And, uh, and we met at the petrol station and uh, I looked at him. We talked a little bit. Of course, we knew each other. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I told him, brother, you will need this. I gave him 100 bob. And, and he said, he was with his wife. They have their checkbook, checkbook out, yeah? When well, they are talking to me. So that is the preface. They have their checkbook out on the table. <laughs> so then he said this. You didn't know. We are working, we are so broke, we could hardly even tithe. Actually, I was there in Parklands, I didn't know how I was going to go home because my fuel tank was empty. You know, in 2005, maybe those are what, two liters or so of fuel. But actually, when you gave me that money, I fuel quickly and I, go, I went home. You didn't know I needed that hundred bob. And that was a hundred bob. And then, can you imagine? Now the checkbook is open. We can now 100, write 100,000 just to bless you. I say, yeah, brother. <laughs> and they, they gave me actually a check of 100,000 shillings. I say, yeah, man, that's wonderful. And told me that actually the first time my wife uh, that had happened recently, some, maybe two or three years ago. We're writing, a, we, are, we are actually transferring one million shillings. We were surprised. Thought, what God can do? That's amazing. Why did I come into that? To encourage you, most likely. Not to tell you about 100,000 shillings, but to encourage you. Because <laughs> it was last year, so is it over? Oh, it a long time ago. <laughs> But, but that's amazing of, of, of God working in the lives of his people. Listen to this then. So Jesus said this uh, in verse 38. 
For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I've come from the eternal realm. I've stepped into time. And the very reason I've come here is to do the will of him who sent me. He was aware of that. Now, look at verse 41 of the same, same uh, from verse 41 of the same uh, chapter, uh, chapter 6. He said, the Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? So that's a problem. That's a problem when we identify our lives with the natural. We are limited. Listen, we can't receive revelation. When you are, oh, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself, but that's a point already. And he says this. How is it then he says I've come down from heaven? How then does he say that he has come from heaven? Yes, he came from heaven. So, he knew. What's the first thing I've told you? He knew where he came from. He was conscious of, so, so to speak, of his, his hometown. Uh, hometown is not the best. He was conscious of his father's presence. And listen to this. He was also conscious of his father's assignment upon him. Wherever he went. And therefore, listen to this church, he talked about it. He talked about where he came from. He talked about his assignment. And listen to this. He was not just there. He was doing something else. Let's go to John 16, verse 28. <clears throat> John 16, verse 28. He says this, I came forth from the Father. Have you seen that? I came forth from the Father, and I have come into the world. I came forth from He inhabits eternity. I've come from eternity, and I've come into the realm of time, which is world, and I leave this realm of time, and I'm going back to my home into eternity. Have you seen that? I came forth from the Father, and I've come into the world, and again I leave the world, and I go back to my Father. He said it. So he, was, he talked about it. He spoke about it with boldness. And then another scripture there. Let's go to chapter 17, verse 11 and 13. I want to set this in place and then I can share some things with you after reading the scriptures. That's very important when teaching people to see from the scriptures. But he said something here. 
as he was living. Let's start from uh, verse 15. Remember, this one is praying. He says this uh, from verse 15. Did I say 15? I said 11? Oh, I said 11, sorry. Uh, yes, let's start from verse 11 first. You don't start from 15 to go to 11. Ah, oh, let's, let's start from verse 9, okay? He says this. Uh, oh, you'll start from verse 6, his prayer, okay? Well, let's start from there. I have manifested his prayer. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me. Out of the world... You gave me out of the world. So he's saying this. These are not of the world now. You gave me out of the world. Who is he praying for? Ah, see, he's praying right there for his disciples, but you see the prayer covers us. All right? Then he says this. Ah, you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And he goes on to say this. He's praying. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. And then he says, uh, for I have given them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. See that? Go to the next one. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours and all mine are yours and yours are mine and I'm glorified in them now I'm no longer in the world but these are in the world and I come to you holy father keep them through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are and then he goes on to say, while I was in the, with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy, that, may, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Now look at this then. That is verse 1. That is verse 13. And then look at verse 15. Verse, no, no, verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Are you seeing yourself now? Are you seeing your, your realm of existence? And you are here for some time. Now, then he says, he goes on to say, verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Protection, praise God. And then he goes on to say, in verse 16, oh, I like this one. Let's say it together and personalize it. I am not of the world, just as they are not of the world. In other words, I'm, I said it in the other way. But he says, this, they are not of the world, just as I am not of of the world. Jesus said this, you are not of the world, so don't be limited by the world. 
So he said where he came from. He was conscious of the presence and the place of where he came from. And he who sent him and the purposes for which he came. And he spoke also the place that he was going. So then, look at this. This realm never limited him. This natural realm never limited him. I'll give you several examples. I told you, just for, for lack of a better word, a slice of eternity comes into your being, into, I mean, comes around you, a slice of it, or you're full. Just a slice of it. Of course, you know, it's not a slice. You understand that. Especially you like bread. Don't think now about bread. It just, I'm, I'm talking about a slice of eternity. Just think about this then. <clears throat> Something I want to say regarding that. So he's going. He's preaching. And there are people who are there and they're hungry. And he said, give them something to eat. And he said, with nothing, send them away. He said, what do you have from this realm? So this realm is scarcity. But he said, this realm doesn't limit me. I'm aware of where I come from. So does he take, he take uh, let, let's go there to, to, to John 6. It wasn't by part of what I wanted to say, but I think it will make a point. All right, so then they, they say, verse, verse 5, is, is, he lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, what shall we buy bread that this may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. <sighs> that's the place, of, that's the thing about this realm. You not only know where you come from, you know what you, so you, <laughs> you will do. My spirit knows my things. That's another thing about that realm. If we are consciously of that realm, we will never be stuck. Church, listen to me. If we are conscious of that realm, we will never be stuck. So he himself knew what to do. And then he goes on to say, uh, Philip said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. Now that's how this realm is, unfortunately. It's scarcity. Why? Because of the curse. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make them sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, the number about 5,000. And listen to this. And he took, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, I think it's Mark who said, He looked up. He looked up, actually. And when he did that, he distributed the disciples and the disciples and those eating and on and on and on and on. And there was as much as they wanted. Listen, that realm. As much as they wanted. That is that realm. That realm of eternity always has abundance. As much as they wanted. He gave them. What about this natural realm? Lack, insufficiency. 
But he looked up, he drew up from an, another realm of existence. And it's always supplies. What about the money for tax? He sent Peter. Tell him God that fish. That's another realm, people. That's another realm of existence. Go read his miracles with that mindset. That when we tap into the eternal realm, which I can call the glory realm, we will know no insufficiency. But we must be conscious of it in everything we do. We are conscious of that realm. Listen to this. The natural is becoming even more difficult. I had actual Pastor Kala told me last week about farming. It's been said in the U.S. already says, say that there's, it's been reported that farming is coming. And the you know is going to hit the nations. And Pastor Carl told me last week, and it happened then, she forwarded, I think I text to Carol and Saville, because yesterday I was listening to Dr. Jerry Saville. I didn't know he ministered on Sunday, Heritage of Faith Church, but I was listening to him yesterday, and he was talking actually about this, about farming. And he says, remember in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 about perilous times, I want you to go listen to that message. And you see the promise of God to his people. So things are going to be tough in the natural. But to the people of God who know where they come from, we know the realm they are coming from, they know their purposes here on earth, and they know the realm that they'll be still going to, they will always have sufficiency provided for as much as they wanted those fish. Okay. Among other miracles, think about this. So Jesus walked on earth, already said this, with an awareness of where he came from. For what purpose he was in the earth, in the world, and his ultimate place, that was where he was going. Already said it, this. He never allowed himself to be limited by the world around him. Never, ever, ever. And I want to remind you this. Remember, he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. All right? Okay. So what about you? We must be conscious of our place in him. We must be conscious of our place in him. We've been born again. That word born again, again means born from above. We are born from, huh? From where? Remember in John chapter 3, his conversation with Nicodemus. Born from above. We are born from above. First we need to understand that. And then, our strength then, 
to walk in this realm, in the natural here, remember Apostle Paul says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds, on and on and on, in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. So, so, then we are walking here on this earth, or in this world, but we are not of this world, and our strength comes from the presence of God, the eternal one, thus is the one who gives us strength. And how does he give us that strength? The strength is in our spirits by spending time in his word and prayer. We have inner strength. Now, like Jesus said, don't you know that? We know that, that, that man, I mean, we know the father. What does he think like it's all different? He keeps telling us of all what God is doing. How, what is so different about it? Because he's carrying his presence of God. Other people will see in difficult times and you always have a smile. You are provided for more than enough. And the amazing thing is this. You preach gospel of Jesus Christ with what you have because you feed them from that presence. So do you know what people are doing? Any crude things to make it, to, to live, because they are limited to this realm. We are not. In fact, if you feel like you don't have anything, give. Give from this perspective. Listen to this. And he will supply your need according to his riches, this realm. For it is God who gives us strength. It's this realm. Now then, our assignment is from that place. We have to realize this assignment. So this is what we must do. You must find your God-given assignment. And be conscious of his presence throughout. Remain in tune, which is actually being conscious of his presence. Listen to this. Oh, this, this, this really blessed me. In your every moment, be aware of this presence. Because, when, listen to this. In your every moment... Because, are you ready for this? Now look at me. Then you can write down. Your every moment, because this realm of eternity has no past, has no present, has no future, is in the now. So you must be aware of his presence in the now. Then you have that portal of the supernatural just surrounding you like a balloon. Did you, did you get that? Don't mean to, to, to repeat that. You must, be in his pre, you must be in his presence. You must be conscious of his presence in every moment of your, your walk on a daily basis because this presence doesn't have past tense, it doesn't have present tense, it doesn't have future tense. This, in fact, it doesn't have past tense and future tense. This, this knows what? 
present tense. It should be that way. This realm knows only present tense. It's in the now. So in that realm, understanding the now of the realm of the spirit, what is that? Faith now is. So look at this. That's how you are restored and you can tap into the things that time is limiting you, but it will not limit you as you use your faith into your future. And it's not actually into your future, it's faith into the realm of the spirit to take what is yours now. So look at this thing. Say an example. Forget about this for now. Uh, but don't forget it, you understand? But for now. All right. Let's talk about this is in the realm of time. All right? Remember what I was saying? Let's say like this is a Genesis 1-1, okay? And this is a Revelation 22. Is it a new heaven and a new earth? Talk about that one. It's in the realm of time. But then, uh, this is a cross. All right? So then Jesus was crucified, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world. And here it is, you and I, in uh, 2022 what? A.D. That's all? 2022 A.D., you seen that? Then, therefore, this is what it means then. By faith, through grace, you tapped into what was done 2,000 years ago, and you tapped into it in your now, and you got born again. Because faith knows no time. Faith knows no distance. Faith is in the now. Because faith is not in the natural realm. Faith comes from the eternal one. Because God is the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says about Christ. And he's the eternal one. So faith is not limited by time. Faith is not limited by time. So you can draw how are we saved? We're able to draw from that a fact that happened in two, about 2,000 years ago and we are born again now. So tell me something. If it can go back that way, what tells you? It cannot go to the front, into your future. So what does that mean? Even the lost years, mistakes, things that ought to have happened but they didn't happen this time here, behind here, but you are in this realm here, you, can, you are in this place, this time, natural time, you can draw them by faith and get them restored and you can have them now or you can experience into your future and happen for them to happen, them, to, happen to you now. But actually, it's not your past or it's not your future because you've tapped into the realm of eternity which knows no past, which knows no future, but it's in the now realm. Jesus walked that way. So what does that mean? The big part is there, which is still the easy one. It's Romans 12, 2. The renewing of our minds. Listen to what he says this. Can you look at, can you say that Romans 12, 2? Romans 12, 2. Uh, look, look, look at this. I think I have some few moments here. Ah, I taught more than we pray tonight. 
but I want you to go home and then start meditating on that. I want you to pray in tongues. Listen to this church. I want you to go in the presence of the Lord and pray in tongues meditating on this. You, you're, quiet, you're listening, you, you're praying in tongues, but you're thinking about this. You're praying in tongues, but you're thinking about this until the initial time, if you are not so much uh, disciplined to pray in the Holy Ghost, the initial time you may be going round. Yeah, you encourage you. Yeah, you are in this meeting that you are supposed to meet with someone tomorrow. Yeah, it's because of this. Yeah, but you continue until your mind now settles. When it settles, you start hearing revelation. And I'm telling you something. The Lord will start showing you that son, daughter, you know no limitation. I have seen over some time praying in tongues and seeing some things in the Holy in the Spirit. I have vowed it doesn't matter what is going to take. I must walk in them because I already saw them. I already saw them. It's just one thing if you don't you haven't seen them. But if you've seen them and you've tested them in the Spirit, they are available. I said, I'm, I remember even was it this afternoon. I vowed again. I said, I must see them. I must walk with them because I already saw the availability of those things. Now, so this is the big one here. And do not be conformed to this world. Remember verse 1 says you offer your bodies a living sacrifice. But do not be conformed to this world. Remember what Jesus said? They are not of this world just like I'm not of this world. Remember that. So he says, do not be conformed. In other words, don't allow yourself to be conformed to this world. But be transformed. You're changing. By the renewing of your mind. When this is happening, this is when all this is taking place, the renewing of your mind, the Bible says that, then that you may prove what is good and what is acceptable and the perfect will of God. Without the renewing of your mind, this is, doesn't exist. You may say, yeah, you know, yes. Pastor said it anyway. But you know, you read the Bible and it's there. But it never will impact you. Key there is the renewing of the mind through word and the spirit. The second one. Listen, which I taught, I think, last year, last year, but one. You must make sure you pray from his presence. Not from your natural standpoint. There's a difference. You identify yourself with him praying from his presence and not praying from your natural standpoint. Oh, Baba, sisu metuona wanawako. Sisu nuatu anyonge unajua, Baba. You know, that, that, that's really identifying yourself with the, with the natural Instead of now getting into the presence of God, 
So our key here is entering into his presence. And then when we enter into his presence, we start realizing we know no limitations. I'm telling you. When you pray for one hour, you realize, that was quick. I need some more time. You know, I'm telling you, every single person I've ever had a testimony of uh, from that they had an open vision or however way they were caught into the presence of God, every single one of them, they say, I did not want to come back. I didn't want to come back because what is there? You don't want to come back to this world. God has called us into his presence. I usually say this, I'm telling you, I'm able to tell, and, and, and I'm able to tell in my spirit, if I've spent time in his presence, I don't want to come out. It's so sweet. The other one is, Raka kadabaka steke zeke dada steke jatibaka yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's the ratchet. Not, not, nothing in the spirit. <laughs> You've ever done that? Yes. Huh? Yes. And then you, you, you tighten your eyes. You thought like when you tighten your eyes, time will go far. Then you tighten them. Oh, gosh. And then you realize it's five minutes. <laughs> Tongues as are, are like mosquitoes. Yikita, yikita. That's not. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go to the final scripture. Let's go to, Ephesians, uh, to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And then we wonder. <laughs> I have, I have. I can say this with all humility to the glory of God. And I've, 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 I've experienced this. I have been church so tired until I'm telling you, you feel even your hair wants to sleep. That's how tired you are. Where felt your hair wants to sleep, Ross? <laughs> That's, I mean, I'm a kind of like showing you the magnitude of how tired you are. But deep in my spirit is a knowing I need to pray. And knowing inside of me, if I'm going to sleep that way, I'll wake up even more tired. Because this is not really the body which is tired. This is my spirit needing to be strengthened. I felt that, and I'm telling you, I can say the whole humility because it came from the Lord. In my natural strength, I was tired. I have knelt down and I started praying. I'm telling you, Sometimes it's gone, one hour just went fast, and I still want to go continue. I remember going two hours, three hours, and I thought, I cried because I knew how tired I was, and I realized how powerful his presence is to strengthen us. And the scriptures, they are 
like the, the scriptures, every scripture that come up in my mind was, is so alive. And it's like, wow, 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 wow. And go sleep like three hours and you wake up and you're ready. It's like, man, this is now I'm ready. I can tell I'm ready now. Well, you could have slept for nine hours. Have you ever, have you ever slept for eight hours? And then you wake up. And then you roll again. And then the ninth hour goes. And you think like, I think I need to sleep a little bit more. And then that by the time you wake up, you look sick. <laughs> or the time you woke up, the, you had weird dreams. <laughs> Anyone ever experienced that? Yeah. And, and you still feel tired. You're, you're, you're only. You're only. And, and, uh, do you know what you needed? Was not sleep. By the way, it can take even, you can take, now I'm teaching you of a lifestyle of prayer. You can take like, the time you're that tired, you can take like, you know, Lord, I'm so tired. But when I'm weak, I'm strong. I'd rather go lock myself even in the next 15 minutes and pray in tongues. Just believe you, Father, for supernatural strength. And if, wait, listen to this. You can't pray with understanding when you're feeling that way. Anyway, I don't do my praying. Much of my praying, I don't do it understanding. You can't do it understanding. Can you imagine of you trying to, you're that tired. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. You sleep. But if you pray in tongues, that means your spirit is praying. Your mind, which is tired, is wandering. But listen to this. Don't underestimate the power that is within you. In your spirit, your mind is catching up. So because it's wandering, no devil should tell you like, now your mind is wandering, now you need to stop, you're not benefiting. No. Hey, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. But it's yet to catch up. I start praying, and I start praying, and you may be having a problem even focusing. But listen to this, the more you stay at it, and don't pay attention to what your body is feeling. Pay attention to what your spirit is experiencing. Because I'm telling you, there is a rejoicing happening right inside of you. And you pray in the Holy Ghost. You keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep praying in the Holy Ghost. This is what will happen. Your mind starts experiencing the life that is coming from your spirit and your emotions. And you start realizing your mind is coming down. And I believe that's when the peace of God that surpasses all understanding she's coming to guard your mind and your heart. And don't forget Colossians 3, 3, 1. Then you start setting your mind on the heavenly realities. And on, and on, and on. I'm telling you that way, church. You find scriptures just like, you know, like the, the angel, the way it fires the pistols and all that. It's, it's like there's a fiery happening right inside of you. You keep writing those scriptures. Keep meditating on them. And let the Holy Ghost do that. Bring more revelation. I'm telling you, you sit down, you start writing things. You realize, wow, time has gone. But I'm refreshed. Even if I'm going to sleep for three hours or four hours, I'll be more productive when I wake up. All right? Don't forget to read the last scripture. Tonight, I think I'll do the teaching, won't do the praying. I'll just make a general prayer. But is that helping you to go do it? Listen, this will help you if you go home and be a doer of what you've learned. Now, look at this, why we should also be aware of where we've come from. 
It says this, for our citizenship is in heaven. Have you noticed? It doesn't say our citizenship will be the heaven. Huh? What is it? It's present. It's saying right now our citizenship is in heaven. Not will be. Is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you know that he's coming from that dream again for the rapture of the church? Come on now. Oh, you're ready to go home? Okay, five minutes. Uh, for our citizenship is, is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Go to Ephesians 2.6. Ephesians 2.6. And he says this, and, as, and raised us up together, that's God, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he's saying this, be conscious that Ephesians 3.20, I mean, uh, uh, not Ephesians, Philippians 3.20, be conscious of your citizenship. Just like Jesus did the scripture that I gave to you. And then be conscious of your position. I was listening, I, I do this many, many times. Even today I was listening to Back to the Basics, Pastor Carlos teaching. Anyone who's watched that? Yeah. You did that? Brother Jerry is, uh, you know, uh, you see that. If you go back to the basics, Pastor Carlos, you'll find it uh, in Dr. Jerry's Seville ministry. So I can be brushing my, you know, combing my hair, oiling myself, and on and on and on. But I keep the message just playing. The other day, it was, I think, last week. I had Brother Copeland. It was his message. I don't remember what message that was. I just keep it there. The word coming. What is faith is doing what? It's coming. What is happening? You're being strengthened. I heard him say this. Brother Copeland, he said, he talks about we've been raised together with Christ. And he said this. He says, in any army, any army, when you're fighting against your enemy, you never ever allow yourself to be at the low place and the, your enemies at a higher point. They will destroy you. You always want to be at the higher point then you can see your enemy down there. That's what he did. Be conscious of your place. I do this when I'm reminding the devil something. Even today I was reminding the devil something. I do this. Let me tell you something, Mr. Devil. <laughs> I, I look down and I say, let me remind you. In fact, I do this. I remove my foot. Because you are under my feet. I remove my foot and say, let me remind you something, Mr. Devil. This is what is going to happen. Did you hear that? Get Pastor, are you out of your mind? Yeah, yeah. Olivia. <laughs> you hear me say that? I did that even this afternoon. I said, I mean, let me tell you something, Mr. Devil. This is what is going to happen. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. That's it. Pastor, I'm not going to do that. That's upon you. How desperate do you need your victory? Oh, you can decide. 
Shetani ntakusema kwa baba nitakusema. Let's go to Ephesians 3, I mean Colossians 3 verse 1 from the Passion Translation. You you decide. You'll be waiting and the, the baba mwenyewe yokushangaa. All right. That's the passion translation. Look at this. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why you are to yearn for all that is above. At the place at that Christ where Christ is seated and thrown at the place of all power and authority. And goes to the next one. Yes. Feast. On all the treasures. Where did he get that, you know, two fish and five loaves multiplying? Hey, there are treasures up there. Treasures of the heavenly realm. If you are talking of treasure, then they are inexhaustible. There's too much. And fill your thoughts. What's that? The renewing of your mind with heavenly realities right over there and not with the distractions of this natural realm. And there you have the church tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He's given us all things, church, for us to enjoy. Praise. You will stand up on your feet, please. Time is really gone. And ha, ha, ha. Oh, I know why it's really time is really gone. Because you don't live in the realm of time. Ha, 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 ha. If you felt you are, you are, you are bored, you are in the realm of time. You'll catch up. <laughs> Just lift your hands and just bless him and thank him for what you've had tonight and, and go home and just start believing God to multiply this seed inside of you. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for this place that you have lifted us into. A place of your glory. The place of victory. The place of all sufficiency. The place of all abundance. For Jesus our Lord. You came that we may have life. And that you may have it more abundantly. And thank you for the provision. That you made a way for us. That we can enter into the presence of God. And experience all. That you paid the price in full for us to experience. And thank you Lord for the utterance of your spirit. Even concerning our lives. Even concerning your purposes for the nations of the world. Even concerning your purposes for this nation. You concerning your purpose for this church. And all what you intend to do in our generation. Lord we do thank you for the utterance of your spirit that you are granting to us as we pray in the Holy Ghost we pray out mysteries we pray out utterance of the heaven we pray out your will and your purposes for this generation and for this hour for this purpose you've called us Lord in this hour and in this time and Father we do thank you I do thank you for each and every single person that have heard this word and each and, each and every single person that will ever hear this message. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit, for the anointing to stir up that which has been limited by the unrenewed mind, that we may be bombarded 
by your anointing and by your presence and see all the limitlessness of your power, the surpassing greatness of your power and all the riches that you have made available for your people, Father, who you purchased with with your own blood. I speak your blessing over your people, Father. And I do believe every single one of them are in this place because they desire to walk deeper into your will and into your purposes and to grow concerning the things of the kingdom of God. And therefore, Father, I release your power, your ability, your strength. And I do thank you, Father, for every stronghold of the enemies broken in the name of Jesus and the anointing that is within them is rising up stronger than ever before in doing your will and your purposes. Father, thank you. We praise you. And we worship you for all that you've done tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen.